Hey everyone, welcome back. Today I am joined by the wonderful Steph Douglas. Steph is a business owner and founder of Don't Buy Her Flowers, and she's also a mother of three. In this episode today, we talk about navigating both work and life and motherhood. I really enjoyed this conversation with Steph. I haven't seen her for years, but she is somebody who She's so candid and so warm. And I think anyone who reads her work or follows her work online really feels like they know her. You just feel like you know her straight away. So let's dive into this week's episode with Steph Douglas. Welcome to the Power Hour. I'm Adrienne Herbert, wellness coach, international speaker and author. Each week, I speak to a variety of guests from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by, and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate, and inspire. So I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. Steph, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm ready. I'm feeling power ready. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been such a long time and since I've seen you, of course, with the pandemic, but even before that, I think maybe the the first time we met was at Jenny Scott's mother's meetings back in the day. And my son was maybe two three years old oh, wow. so it's really yeah. been so long and I mean yeah. to say that we've both been busy since then would be an understatement we've yeah <laughs> lots happened in that time it's been uh it's been quite well I started the business seven and a half years ago so yeah it's a lot that's gone on yeah and three children and a pandemic three, as well three children yeah I had an extra kid since then so yeah it's, <laughs> it's quite a lot it's a lot to remember Yeah, well, let's talk about it. Let's dive straight in because you are the founder of thoughtful gift company, Don't Buy Her Flowers. So, I mean, just from the the name of the business itself, you know, I think people, it's really memorable and and interesting. I think when people hear that, don't buy her flowers. So can you Mm. tell us about why you started this business? Yeah, so it goes back. So my, my eldest is 11 and a half. So when I had him, um, obviously, I had no idea what motherhood was going to be like um, and also I had no idea about gifts. So basically, I had him. I felt really overwhelmed. He arrived early. My husband had just been through treatment for cancer. So it was quite a mental time anyway. Um, and then these flowers kept turning up and I just was like, oh, you get sent stuff. This is lovely. But then also I'm sitting on the sofa, like leaking and bleeding and like just feeling so overwhelmed and emotional, hormonal and all the stuff that new mums feel. And these flowers kept arriving and it was they were all really well intentioned. Like there was somebody thinking, oh, what could I get for Steph rather than for the baby, which was lovely. But I just kept thinking, this is really weird, especially once you get past like two bunches. Mm. Like, well, I don't have any vases. We just had this tiny little house. I I didn't really know what to do with them. And also you have to do something with flowers. So that was very much where the idea came from. And I was like, well, when loads of my friends at that point started having babies, so I would send them like a magazine and some chocolate in a jiffy bag, like just something that was completely for them. Um, and I would get these messages like, this was the loveliest gift I received. And I, I'm telling you, it was like a really basic, it wasn't fancy, it wasn't beautifully wrapped, but always with a message like saying, it's going to be okay, you're going to be okay, it's going to get easier and that kind of encouragement. And yeah, their reaction was, in fact, one friend, I think I left like a 
lasagna on her doorstep. Cause always leave it on the doorstep, obviously never go in. Left <laughs> it on the doorstep. And just, um, she they sent me a voucher, like a massage voucher a few weeks later for 70 quid. And I was like, that doesn't even cost likewise. It doesn't even work out. But they were so grateful that in that moment when they'd been in those, that first 10 days or whatever at home, they had food. That was, you know. So yeah, that's where the idea came from. And then I had, um, I was on maternity leave and I had another baby, my second, and then I'd gone back to work in between and I just couldn't really shake the idea of this idea. So very much at the beginning, it was gifts for new mums. It was like, how can you offer a mum some TLC, stuff that's going to encourage her to sit down and just make her feel like someone's really thought about what she needs or wants in that moment. Hmm. And Obviously, it's evolved since then. So now we do gifts for loads of different occasions. We've got gifts for men. We've got um, stand up. We work with stand up to cancer. We do corporate gifting. Like there's lots and lots of occasions. But we still have kind of retained or my job is to make sure we retain that idea of thoughtfulness. Mm. Oh, gosh, I love it. And yeah, as someone who went, well, you know, when I had my son, I remember my neighbour, Martin, at the time, he bought us around a banana cake that he'd made. Yeah. And just as you described about the lasagna, I just, I think I started eating it whilst he was still standing at <laughs> the door. Because yeah, I was like, oh face my, in. literally, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. And you're right, yeah. you know, it is, of course, lovely for someone to send you a bunch of flowers. But I also think, you know, flowers are expensive. And often you feel this mm. guilt of like, oh my gosh, like you said, I've got to do something with these, look after them, another thing to keep alive. And actually, within a couple of days they're probably if you if you've even had the time to take them out of all the wrapping and cut the stems I don't know what you're supposed to do but often yeah, yeah. you don't do it and then they're still by the sink and then you feel terrible because you're like oh my gosh they probably cost so much money and now I'm putting As- them in the recycling yeah and you don't need another thing to feel bad about when you're like getting your head around it and actually I had a message this morning from someone who um her dad had died suddenly a few weeks ago and she was like I'm surrounded by flowers and I know people are meaning to be thoughtful but I, and she was, and she sent me a lovely message. She was like, I, "I never thought of this. You should, you know, you should definitely go after this market." And I was like, "Well, it's quite a difficult one because I, I don't want to be going. Hey, if you know someone who's died, we can do. So it's a real balance from the marketing mm. side of that. But our customers get it. You know, they they get that. There's certain occasions where people need a bit of TLC and. And yeah, they, she doesn't want to be. She was like, every time I look at them, they're just reminding me that my dad's died, and it, oh. and then there's something to do, you know. Oh. So it's so that kind of translates to loads of different occasions, which again, I had no idea of when I started the business at all. Well, it's been fantastically received. So it's obviously a great mm. and and gap in the market that you noticed. And so I guess from a more business perspective, you know, it's not an easy thing to do to start a company, especially, let's be honest, for women and especially mm. for mothers. So how did you navigate the early days? You had this great idea, but mm. yeah, how did you navigate the early days from actually saying, this is my idea, I want to start this business? Did you have to raise investment? How did How did that start? Yeah, so I... I started a blog first, which I think I I knew just starting a business, it was not something I'd ever thought I wanted to do. It just wasn't even kind of in my periphery vision anywhere. I just, but then I had this idea and obviously it was evolving. And I started a blog because I was like, if I can do that, if I can get this something, I need to build a website, obviously quite basic, but I need to build a website to do that. I need to connect with people if I want anyone to read it. So I'd have to, you know, promote it. And it kind of felt like a stepping stone to starting the business, but also because I was writing about motherhood and, you know, relationships and wanting to punch my husband in the face in those early months of having a baby, all the lovely stuff. And and I thought it, if that audience 
um, you know, if there's an audience for that and they understand it, then that is basically the, the customer. So, and it sounds really well planned and thought through and it wasn't as sort of clear cut as that. But I obviously, my background is marketing. I guess I had that in my head. It's like, if I can do that, then maybe I can do that next step, which would be to, you know, start looking at products and start thinking about what's, what, how do we package it and all that stuff. So the early bit was very much starting the blog and it just went really well. And I was making all these connections in the blog world um, with all these amazing women who were doing their own thing and just realising that there was this community um, and also just loads of women found having babies quite hard. So it all kind of made sense. Mm. Yeah, I feel like it was kind of a bit of a tipping point in timing as well when, you know, mm. we always say timing is so important for business. But I think if you think back to, I don't know, even I'd say a decade before, before you had your son and before I had mine, mm. you know, there was a different narrative, right, for women and for motherhood. And I, I think you had to kind of, I don't know, I think people felt this pressure to, you know, isn't it all wonderful and isn't the baby beautiful oh, yeah. and isn't the you know walking with the pram and you've got to look good and it felt like Instagram I think Instagram and Twitter definitely opened up this space for mothers to have that honest conversation and I feel like I remember you probably do as well some really like I guess like pivotal moments with specific mm. posts that went viral from women saying you know what I'm exhausted I have got a glass of wine in my hand my baby there was all these kind of things where people were going oh my gosh you can't you can't possibly say that you know your three-month-old baby's crying and you're, you're you, people were just so done with faking it and faking this this persona of like isn't it perfect isn't it great and I think as soon as one woman kind of came out and went hang on a minute is anyone else (laughs) just you know fed up of hearing this because actually it's really really difficult and then everyone else kind of dropped it and went oh my gosh thank you me too Mm, definitely and like there's a whole massive load of women who started talking at that point and there's loads more because always going to be a new audience there's always new people having babies and coming into that zone and probably going god this is a bit of a shock I wasn't expecting this so I think it's a conversation that has to keep happening but yeah it definitely changed I would yeah definitely kind of 10 years ago suddenly it was like you don't have to just put a picture of you doing craft and really enjoying it you can kind of joke that this is not your favorite way to spend the day and that's okay you're allowed to love your kids and find them exhausting you're allowed to think your children are the best humans you've ever met and sometimes want them to leave the house (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's human but there was kind of a a point where you weren't allowed to do that and I remember um the kids the head teacher at the kids school once I'd been there was the Daily Mail ran some ridiculous article about scummy mummies like or slummy mummies or something like that and it was included the scummy mummies and me and a few other people who were writing about motherhood at the time and said you know this is awful these women uh, are criticizing and they are giving mothers a bad name and all this stuff and the backlash was amazing like the people that came out supporting it But it's just it's a conversation that you need to keep having because otherwise women can feel really isolated and on their own. And and what I was going to say, so the head teacher came up to me was like, oh, I had my kids, you know, maybe 10, 15 years before. And she was like, I felt like I had to always have the perfect house. And if anyone came round, it had to look a certain way. And and she was like, good on you for, you know saying it like it is and it was so lovely because she didn't need to say that and part of me is going oh god this is the kid's head teacher she's not meant to know that I feed them fish fingers all the time but it was you know that's that's what that's lovely like when when women stretch out to each reach out to each other like that that's Mm. brilliant 
Yeah. And I love what you said about you're allowed to love your children and still, you know, whatever the next line Mm. is. And actually for a lot of women that I speak to uh, on this show, one that comes to mind being Aisha McKenzie, an incredible Mm. woman, incredible businesswoman and mother of two. And we Mm. said on on the interview I did with her, she said, you're allowed to love your children and love motherhood and still have ambition and still want a successful career and still create, you know, your own business and your own brand and your own life as well as being a mother you can have these these two two things so we know that you know we all have to make compromises sorry we all have to make compromises and and sacrifices in work and in life in order to achieve our ambition i'm certainly someone who encourages women and and everyone to have big ambition but many women do feel as you said this illusion of having it all has kind of become a social norm now so we're supposed Mm. to have the great career maintain relationships you know raise the kids work out attend a book club probably have a side hustle you don't forget about self-care you've got to look after yourself so all of these things you know it's exhausting just listing them and personally I don't think you can have it all at least not all at the same time but I'm sure you must get you know as as a as a mother of three with a successful business you know you're very candid and light-hearted on social media and I think that's probably something that people love about you and about your writing and your blog so I'm sure you must get asked Steph all the time how does she do it all so what is your answer to that uh do you know and I I don't like it I particularly hate it when someone says like what you know if they're like impressed by like wow how do you juggle it all I couldn't do that and you kind of go if you could see my house if you could see like the chaos that happens in the morning you might not feel like quite like I'm worthy of that kind of praise I think I think you have to start by working out what success looks like to you as an individual so I know that I want family time I know that I want holidays like I've met business owners before who've said oh well I haven't had a holiday in four years and I just think well, what is the point what you know and and you know whatever everyone's individual but I think if you if you work out at the beginning what success looks like for you that will help you to put, keep putting that balance in because you're right having it all at the same time isn't really possible you've got to be able to separate them out and sometimes it might be that your family needs you more and other times it might be that your work needs you more and that is a constant ebb and flow and I think the points when it gets too much and we feel that real overwhelm is when we've lost that balance and you have to kind of go right hang on I need to regain that I've neglected myself or I've feel like the kids haven't seen me or my relationship needs some work or whatever it is and that is basically like a constant I think Hmm. Uh, and so this idea that it is the constant is actually that it's all really erratic this idea that all those things once you've you know solved it is all going to be easier just doesn't work yeah and one thing you mentioned there was you know define at the beginning what success looks like for you Mm. now I'll be really honest with you that is something that how do you navigate that changing and for example the bar changing because I'm Mm. someone who you know as much as I hear that and I'm like yeah absolutely you know define okay at the start this is what I would love to do what you know what would success look like maybe it's that you know I'd love to get paid to be a podcast host so I'd love to get paid to write a book or whatever the thing Mm. is but then once it becomes a reality obviously your bar might change your norm might change and then we want to stretch ourselves further so then it's like well actually I want to grow this business or I want to grow this uh, podcast or I want to sell more books or I want to interview this person or I'm someone who definitely definitely of course if I look at what I'm doing now I often remind myself I'm like wow like 14 year old or 10 year old Adrienne would be so 
happy and so impressed mm. and so just overwhelmed with you know the things I get to do and in my career and in my personal life and I'm kind of like wow that's fantastic and on the one hand you can be super grateful but then still wanting to strive for more and changing what that metric of success looks like has, has that been the case for you at all? Yeah for sure like what I want the business to achieve for example changes all the time because obviously you get to a certain level and you're like well this isn't enough we go for the next thing um so definitely revisiting it I suppose it's doing it in a purposeful way so you're pausing and kind of going right we've got to this because it it is kind of incremental like you suddenly go oh all those things that were my hopes and dreams aren't like you say we've we've reached that point in fact we might have even gone beyond it so now what is the goal but I suppose still that balance of what you want for your life, like what you want for your family remains. Like I wanted to be around for the kids at pickups and drop-offs, not every single day, but I we, I didn't want to get a nanny. I wanted for Doug and I, to my husband Doug, and I to manage that. Mm. And so we have, but that doesn't mean it's always easy. <laughs> but I think, yeah, those those key kind of pillars of what you want for your life probably stay quite similar and then it's when those are completely out of whack that you can go well hang on I've I've lost sight of it or I'm trying to achieve something that actually is going to destroy that and then having a moment to stop and go okay is that still what I want but yeah it's the purposeful bit I think that's the key thing yeah I agree and and putting your values at the center because as much as we can talk about values and purpose and people kind of go okay but in reality yeah if you do that work to figure those things out and make them really clear and visible so I'm a big fan of you know like write these things down and have them Mm. somewhere where you can see them all the time you know you don't just put it in I don't know the start of the year in a goal setting thing and then forget about it so I would say to people like have those things really you know whether it's on your desk whether it's in your in your office on your phone wherever you want to see it so that yeah you can be reminded of okay say for example if time and freedom like for me freedom of time and probably Mm. sounds similar to you that scheduling of actually I own my schedule which means I can pick up my kids or I can take I don't know school holidays take time off or whatever if that's really really important to you then you're right there might come a point when you get you know lots of opportunities lots of different things and actually the way you manage those decisions of saying what am I saying yes to what am I saying no to Mm. how many things can we handle you're, you're no longer going well this is a good opportunity or that the, the, the kind of framework, I guess, around making that decision is actually based on a value, i.e. time or for some people, maybe money or whatever the value is. There's no right yeah. or wrong. But I think knowing it gives you a bit of a confidence when you are making those decisions. Definitely, because once you're in it, it's very hard. I mean, running a business, you're never done. You're never you don't complete it. There's always something else to do. And that was something I think I learned in the first couple of years, like, I was it was just going forward and forward and looking forward and feeling like you weren't achieving because those goals keep changing and then oh well I've done that now so what's the next thing and I realized that I needed to pause and look back and that might be to go oh we had a great piece of coverage oh so-and-so day was a great day for sales um you know or I had this conversation that was really positive whatever it is but I think it's something that especially in that first two years I'd say is is really difficult and you have to kind of really force yourself because there's no annual review there's no one sitting down with you and going right let's see how this is going especially if you haven't taken investment which I haven't it's all on you to work that out so I think that's again like having moments even if it's once a week where you sit down with a glass of wine with your partner and go this week I achieved this you need something to reflect back I think yeah definitely and I want to put a pin in that 
comment you just made about investment and maybe we can loop back to mm. that but before yeah. we do you you mentioned you know that it's a balance and it's constant ebbs and flows so it sounds quite flexible but do you have any I suppose rules non-negotiables you know do you have any things where you're like okay absolutely there's no for example for me it's no tech in the bedroom so I, mm-hmm. I you know never have a laptops or it won't even look at emails anything like that in my bedroom other people mm-hmm. it might be like a sign on the door for the kids to stay out of the office you know is there any is there anything you have in place to I guess try to manage that balance of your work life and your family life yeah um phone no phone in the bedroom I, don't, I wouldn't take I wouldn't take my laptop in there anyway but yeah definitely no phone because I think that moment when you wake up and if you do like if say I'm stayed in a hotel or something and your phone's next to you you just are instantly in and on aren't you you open it up and there'll be an email and a whatsapp and something from the school and you know someone wanting something from you basically and also all the news and social media and everything else and I just think there's a precious few moments when you first wake up where you don't need that and also like quite often the kids still three of them pile into the bed in the morning like one at a time you hear this sort of sleepy feet walking across usually Frank who's my youngest he's in there first and he likes to be in between us obviously they're all there I think that I don't want them to see me immediately on my phone you know Mm. especially and even more so probably when they were younger and they just they're so they're so high in the mornings that's their (laughs) they've had this bloody long they've had this long sleep and they're like just delicious and I, yeah, I don't want the, my phone to be the first thing they see me doing in the mornings. Yeah. And what about holidays? Because I feel like for some people, and again, there's no right or wrong, but I have a friend who's an entrepreneur. She's an incredibly successful businesswoman. And she has two children. And she mm. says that when she goes on holiday, she actually gets a lot of work done. And I was like, what do you mean? And, and she basically said that in her day to day, you know, running her business, you know, the scheduling and everything, she doesn't have, she feels like she doesn't have a lot of brain space to be creative. But when she goes on holiday, she said the kids go into, for example, a kids club or they'll be swimming or whatever. And she will just sit down with notebook and a pen and she'll write down all of her ideas she, she writes you know she, I think she wrote half of her book while she was on a right. holiday because she said and I was thinking you know again we, we're kind of told now that you know that's the wrong way and we've got to have you know time to relax and we shouldn't be plugged in all the time and actually a holiday should be yeah you know turn off your phone for two weeks where she mm. was like actually I come back from a holiday with half of my you know business plan or whatever done so yeah what about holidays and uh, you know the, the kids seem to always be off school on holiday at some point yeah yeah no holidays so we try and go every summer it's like a two-week break which um obviously the last couple of years have not been quite the same but we which is a solid time away the five of us um I really value especially because when you do that every year you start to see how they change and yeah I I mean I run a business I am inevitably gonna look at my emails I'm going to check stuff. I might have the odd call, but I, w- I I try not to. And we, Doug and I have to kind of say to each other, right, we're switching off or take email off your phone for today or whatever it is. Because hmm. I think they have they deserve that would probably be my view. I, and I get it. I get that you've probably got a clearer head, but and it depends on the age, age of the kids as well. Hmm. But the age they are at the moment, they're really actually quite nice to hang out with <laughs> like they yeah. can play they can have conversations they can play cards uno is always popular um yeah I don't know I, I and also because we both work full-time the kids have loads of activities they do we've got football rugby netball like it's all going on life is really busy yeah. so that is the point where we pause and actually the last few years we found like 
a villa or something that's our own space has been the best way for us. And again, that will probably change as your kids change what you need from a holiday changes. But so there's not loads to entertain them. The first couple of days, they'll probably be a bit, oh God, we're just sitting by the pool or, you know, and then Such they'll warm into life. it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then they'll warm into it and they'll play together. Like their relationships benefit from that as well as like ours as a five. So yeah, I think holidays are pretty... We both have the same view as well, which I think helps, which is, you know, like, let's try and switch out because life is just so busy the rest of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important as well, not just for families, but even if you don't have kids, you know, sometimes I think we can feel this pressure to always either be productive or be creative or to just use our time well so it's you know time well spent as opposed to this idea of idleness which I'm definitely leaning into this year for the first time in my life I feel like I'm like actually I can be okay with doing nothing all day and I recently yeah I recently went on a fantastic holiday it was like a winter sun trip and I literally thought I've never really I don't think done nothing nothing at all and so yeah I'm learning that that actually yeah can be fantastic yeah Um, and there's always stuff to do like when like it's half term my kids are in clubs for three of the days because I can't just take a neither of us could just take a week out at the moment so it's definitely balanced like I can't it's not like every holiday is just lounging around doing nothing but I'm kind of doing this then I know at Easter we've got a week away so where we can be properly focused so I think it depends you know, when you're running a business, you are also going to have to put loads of energy into it. And I think sometimes people don't quite realise that. So there's a balance. Yeah, for sure. And so I recently hosted a Q&A on Instagram and I was talking specifically about careers and career change. And there's this, I guess, collective narrative that I'm seeing online at the moment about disgruntled employees and people feeling kind of fed up actually of their work situation whether that's Mm. because of the pandemic working from home hybrid working it's this whole you know we're seeing the great resignation apparently everyone's leaving their jobs in search of something else and so some of the questions that I got were people saying well yes this all sounds great and yes I'm glad that you encourage people and empower them to make change but actually I feel like if I did change I'd be at the bottom of the career ladder in a new industry or maybe if they're late 30s early 40s they're like oh I've got a good idea for for a business but I don't know enough about you know startups or or raising investment or maybe it's just too too late for me to start something new Mm. so yeah what advice would you give to anyone who's like you know what it's now or never I'm fed up in my job I've Mm. got an idea but I'm just feeling afraid to I guess take a risk and also to just they don't feel like they have the skills and the knowledge to start a business I think the first thing is to I don't know if this is depressing or cheery but we might work for another 30 odd years so like before we actually get to retire if we retire so you're not too old if you're 30s or 40s you're definitely not too old um yeah so I think that just is I think we're probably looking at that through the gaze of some our parents who aimed to retire younger or they could retire younger um so yeah I would say that and also there's so much you can do before you leave a job I suppose like I started the blog but I was also then whilst I was still in my job and still had that comfort of being paid by somebody I was like looking at products or and trying to gain experience and knowledge and I think rather than thinking you've got to just make this massive leap, you can, there's lots you can do that might be doing experience type stuff. It might be research, um, just or even starting something quietly that starts as a side hustle. It is possible to do that, which might give you the boost that you need 
that you're not getting from your job, but without making you feel... Comp- well, and also, you know, if you've got a mortgage to pay and kids to feed and everything else, then you've got that balance for a little while. As long as, I guess, you don't intend to do that forever. If you find that that passion that you have and that whatever that side hustle is has potential, then, you know, you, at some point you have to go for it. You have to rip off the Band-Aid and go for it. But I think there's definitely something to be said for... It's a bit like when people go back after maternity leave and I know loads of people who are on their maternity leave and they have an idea or they start thinking I don't I don't feel that passion for my job I don't really want to put my kids in childcare to do this thing that I don't have a passion for anymore and then they they end up like quitting their jobs and actually there's something really comforting about returning to your old job where you know all the people you know what to do you can probably do it with your eyes closed because your focus is there when you're there get it done so and meanwhile you can still be thinking about this other thing and working on it and developing it so that you're not just going in cold with no backup plan and no money does that make sense yeah definitely I think that's great advice and I I also think as again as someone who likes structure and and goal setting and kind of I do these you know annual review and reviews and plans I also say to people give yourself some structure in terms of like you said if you're doing research if you're coming up with ideas say for example you say okay in the next six months I need Mm. to have done these 10 things and that might be you know getting a focus group together and pitching your idea to friends and family getting their feedback or yeah like you said looking at your own savings and saying okay how much could I save to make sure just do things and give yourself a deadline because often when I hear people say an idea they'll they'll say oh yeah and then next time I speak to them it's been a year and suddenly that you know there's this feeling of wow where did that time go and the time just passes as you know so yeah I think it's great advice to think about you know exploring something instead of just jumping straight in but also give yourself some structure and deadlines definitely and you can kind of it's like when I was looking at starting the business it's like right I've got to sort out product packaging I've got to think how I'm going to market it I've got to think what courier I use and it was almost like writing down this massive list and then going right this week because also that you're limited in time if you're also going to work and everything else but it's like this week I'm going to do that one and that one and by looking at it in bite-sized pieces, suddenly you've, you're basically ready to go. And I think that there's a, there's a lot to be said for that. Definitely the kind of structure piece. And, or, and you can say, if I haven't got to this point by six months, a year, then maybe it's not the right thing to do because I haven't got the drive to do it. Like you've got to have some inner drive for sure. Yes. And the drive part, I think, overrides the kind of mundane, like some of the things that you just listed. So like a courier or figuring out Mm. price and packaging. Sometimes I think when you write that long list and you see the reality of what it's going to take, I think sometimes for some people, actually, they don't want to do all those things. So, you know, if people will say, I want to change careers and especially in the well-being space, they'll say, oh, maybe they want to become a yoga teacher and they envision this life where they're going to just teach yoga retreats in the sun. And then they realize, okay, I need to do this and this and this and this and all these things and build these clients and you know do this training and have all these things and certifications and insurance and you write the list and then sometimes they're like oh that's a lot of work I don't really want to do yeah. that I just wanted to just do the fun bit you know yeah I found writing a business plan quite helpful and I know people kind of go oh is there it's probably more a few years ago it was this attitude of oh you can wing it and you've just got to work till three in the morning and all that stuff and it's like not if you're someone I think you and I are probably quite similar in that I like to know what's happening <laughs> I like to have some control and I think in writing a business plan basically it's got sections to it 
which will include the stuff that you don't like. So for me, that's probably the finance side of things, um, or it definitely was at the beginning. Or, you know, it might be how am I going to find customers, or it might be the courier stuff. But by having that document that you have to kind of think about things that aren't just the bit of, oh, I want to make this amazing business, it's going to be great, that is quite useful for helping you to focus a bit. Yeah, for sure. And and so looking at the year ahead, obviously mm. it's the start of the year. Uh, what things, Steph, are you most looking forward to at the moment? What are you most excited about for the year ahead? Oh God, there's so much. Well, being able to go on holiday, tick. Yeah. <laughs> but also, no, I mean, the business, we we were so lucky in the pandemic. We, um, like there were days, there were months that we were like 600% up on the previous year and it happened overnight. Um, as soon as the pandemic was launched, people were looking for thoughtful gifts. They were looking for exactly what we did. And obviously everything was shut and we're an online business. So we were it, we were so lucky that I could grow the team. We then have reinvested everything back into, you know, we've built a new website. We've got a new stock management system. We've got more people, um, forklift truck, like all the stuff that's that will take us to that next point. Um, so what for me is really exciting at the moment, actually, is finding out where we land. And I'm starting to see it because if you look at the pre-COVID numbers, like we were doing really well and we've grown year on year since we launched. But then it obviously went off the chart for pretty steadily for two years. Like there, mm. Even when things were reopening at various points, people was, people had found us. So and we have a really high um, return rate for customer. Mm. So that has been awesome but it, yeah it's still unknown I've got no idea we had seven years of data or you know, pre-covid where it was pretty steady I could see what you knew what months were going to be like and you could order stock based on that and now we've got no idea <laughs> but that's yeah. quite exciting in a way because I've got this team of people now as well like I think there were 10 probably pre-covid and now there could be 20 to 30 depending on wow. what's going on yeah and more of them are full-time and we've got like a corporate manager who's involved in the corporate sales and so it's really different the business has changed so much in those two years but it's it's exciting because I've got a team who are really in it and also they've gone through this mad couple of years so they're even more invested if that yeah even more invested um it's so exciting and also you know it's really encouraging and wonderful to hear that because, you know, I think the from the business stuff that I look at and listen to, you just feel like the only winners of the pandemic were, you know, the big tech giants, the big mm. tech corps, mm. people kind of saying, well, you know, for the, I guess for the average person, you know, things are worse off after the pandemic than before. And it's this real polarizing narrative, especially within, you know, business and, and investment and big tech. So mm. I think it's really amazing to hear that story that, you know, you have built this business yourself from the ground up and that your team I guess are yeah really getting the benefit and the reward of all of that hard work and as you said once your businesses people have found you you know that's not that wouldn't be enough by itself but the fact that you have you know return customer retention all of that stuff the hard work that you've done I think it's that perfect example of planting the seed and then reaping the reward you know if you hadn't done that baseline before it's not because oh there was a pandemic you got lucky it's like Mm -hmm. no actually if you hadn't had that steady base and that consistent work then you wouldn't have benefited in such in such a way so congratulations on that yeah. step it's incredible thank you like I've always said don't buy flowers isn't a hard sell because what we we do what we do really well um and there are always people who are looking to be thoughtful and buy a gift for someone who's having a rubbish time or they've had a baby or they're going through bereavement whatever it is that's not gonna and actually birthday has become the most popular reason which obviously is year round so that that's amazing for us but it's that it it 
it's not going to go away. But you're right in that we've kind of built this thing quite solidly um, and made sure that our purpose stays the same and just reach we the pandemic just reached more people for us which was awesome and then that also because we haven't taken investment and then the money basically we we pump everything back in um and that means that we have got that money to spend on marketing so that we can reach more people now yeah well it sounds great and no wonder you're going to take a well-deserved holiday (laughs) Uh, and I guess that brings me on to I think a bit more personal note so we touched on this idea that you know women being told you can have it all you know have the career have the family do the things self-care write the books whatever Mm. but we know that sometimes even even experts in the well-being space will talk about all the things that we should and, and should do and how to take care of ourselves and avoid burnout if you are someone who's doing a lot. Mm. Um, but it's not always possible. And actually, I saw, I mentioned that your social media is always candid. And I saw that you recently said that you suffer from insomnia. Mm. And I don't know if this was a one-off or whether this is a regular thing, but I've spoken to quite a few people about this. One being Fern Cotton. We did a, an event together online recently where she talked about insomnia. And I myself suffered from this year quite a few years ago but I just remember it so much because it was so difficult to then function during the day mm. do the things that you need to do and it started to become a fear actually that yeah. oh my gosh like if I don't sleep tonight then I'm going to feel terrible tomorrow and it's just this vicious cycle so mm. yeah firstly h- how is that going have you tried or found anything that helps with insomnia I ordered a lot of magnesium <laughs> I had loads of messages <laughs> from people saying you need magnesium um CBD oil Epsom salts and actually we we sell quite a few products that are around unwinding and stuff at DBHF so the team have sent me a pack of stuff that arrived this morning <laughs> it's all stuff we've got I just don't have it in my house so yeah the Epsom salts CBD oil that kind of thing um but I think you have to put a real focus it's that switching off in time in the evening um, it's so easy to drift back onto my emails. Like it's so easy to just wander back into the office once I've got the kids down. But then suddenly it's half nine. You're like, well, I need to go to bed probably by 10, half 10. Where are you fitting in any wind down time? Um, I think and it's is like it quite a new thing. Is it quite a new thing? No, I've always, no. I've always had it. I know even as a kid, like I can remember when I had exams and stuff, I would just work all night. Like I, I think if I've got anything going on in my head, which is most of the time I, d- I don't sleep well, but it is, it's, I think I have to treat it more seriously, probably. Um, not just think, oh, it's fine, I'll cope, because I can keep going, like lots of women, I guess. I'll just keep going. I'll still get up. I'll still go to the gym. But I know how much better I would feel if I was sleeping properly. Yeah. Well, I did a- an episode way back when, I think it was probably probably two years ago with Dr. Sophie Bostock and she's a sleep scientist and it was really, really amazing episode. So definitely recommend that you check that out. And I feel like the one... I guess message that I always take away from from it and share with people is sometimes when we get into the nitty gritty of okay the science and you know these are the things and we often get told why sleep deprivation is so bad for us you know if you've ever read Matthew Walker why we sleep Mm. it's kind of terrifying because there's all these direct correlations between you know not having enough sleep and the detrimental impact on our health and it starts to actually become stressful that you're not sleeping because you're like oh my gosh apparently if you don't sleep you're gonna die so you yeah 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 yeah, literally so the thing I always say uh, and and from working with Dr Sophie Bostock is that there are these ebbs and flows in our life and that our natural sleep cycles can change whether it is mm. due to as you mentioned stress around exams or different hormones in the body or post-pregnancy and so 
because on this show I talk a lot of course we're going to come on to talking about the power hour and talking about those early starts and sometimes people reach out and they're like Adrian I want to do this and you say that it's great but yeah either I have sleep issues or I have a young baby and I can't do it right now mm-hmm. and so if that is you then you know these natural sleep cycles can ebb and flow in our lives and there are things we can do to change them but just take take comfort I suppose in the fact that when you were born you slept and then at some point in your life maybe it changed and then it goes but it will come back and Mm. knowing that we've always known how to sleep and if we as much as there's a lot of you know tech apps and sleep monitors and like you say magnesium all these different things great try things and figure out what works but also try to sometimes i guess the opposite of that forget about it all and just remember that good sleep will return to you at some Mm. point it won't last forever yeah and i think I, i think part of running your own business is it's the responsibility you feel for other people like so that is a maybe a pressure or something that weighs on your mind and it's probably the thing that keeps me awake a bit like I've I've got to this has to keep working because and actually it is working like it's doing really well mm. so it's almost sitting down and probably with Doug and just going like everything's okay like and the kids are okay and it, I don't know maybe that's it maybe it's pausing as well before and just going yeah if you don't sleep tonight it's still going to be okay and also everything is okay everything is okay there isn't yeah. stuff that I need to and there's nothing you can do about it at three in the morning either yeah yeah and I think that's it when our when our days are so busy often mm. if your if your day is so busy then you don't have time to think about those things exactly. until your head hits the pillow and suddenly yeah you're flooded with all of the I call it tired but wired because there's yeah. all these things going on and yeah. yeah actually just noticing as you said if everything's going well it's funny because often I think you know maybe it's not even just a mum thing but we do these scenarioing and actually you know this and this and what about that and this could go wrong and maybe with the business but in reality if everything's good we know that not everything's always good right we know that but when it is it's sometimes noticing going everything's good like you can actually just this is the time to relax or sleep or have a holiday because everything's everyone's fine everyone's everyone's good okay it's like the like you mentioned that feeling need to be productive but that toxic productivity as well like i need to be doing something all the time and then that doesn't allow for this just pause where you can yeah go we're okay everything's okay ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah, well, one time that I encourage people, of course, to take time and pause is the power hour Mm. and so regular listeners of the show will know yes I'm an early riser and for me it's not about just you know the productivity do more do more but actually carving out space before I dive into a busy day to actually do the thing that I want to do that day whether it's you know going for a run whether it's a book that I'm reading you know prepping for a guest I'm going to interview whatever it is I now honestly I don't know how I would yeah I can't imagine my life without the first hour being carved out ring fenced that time is for me so Steph I'm interested to hear your take on the power hour I'd love to know what the first hour of your day is usually like as you said the kids climbing into bed Um, and if you don't necessarily 
have yeah structured morning routine do you have another time in the day when you carve out space for yourself so I am an early riser so I and I love exercising first thing if I could every day I would jump out of bed I'm not like a snooze button person at all I would get up and I would go and exercise first thing just because that's and also it leaves you feeling a bit smug all day doesn't it so (laughs) it's like I've done that already so that would be my ideal I think the reality with three kids sometimes some days I can like it will depend Doug and I will have to have a conversation the night before of who's doing what and who's taking who where for school or nursery or clubs or whatever um so it's a bit of a balance but and sometimes I will get up and sneak downstairs and I'll have written my list the night before of what I need to do the next day and it's always really helpful to bash through a load of stuff first thing because again you kind of feel good so that is my idea and I think we're just we're just at a stage where I've got a four-year-old and I I don't like getting up too early because as you walk past his bedroom it's like he's sitting there waiting his little ears prick up and then he's up and then everyone's up because he wakes everyone up so there is a balance there I think when I'm sleeping okay then I yeah definitely get up and get some stuff done for sure yeah it's that fear isn't it tiptoeing out I used to when when Jude was younger I used to literally have all my kit laid out especially when I was (laughs) training for training for races because I knew if I missed that run like if he was to wake up and be like mommy then I would be like oh no when am I going to get that training in so yeah that fear and that tiptoeing out and and I think as well it's really nice if you do have young children often you are you know you're needed by them so much which is great but I feel like for me having solitude is so valuable to just be by yourself like no one needs you no one is expecting anything from you no phone no kids just you by yourself Mm. even if it's half an hour I think is so invaluable for for especially for mothers when their kids are young yeah I think it's just not giving yourself a hard time like if you are not getting enough sleep and you're you've got a baby and they're waking up in the night yeah it maybe your power hour will be later on or it'll be when everyone is having a sleep like that's okay I think in 18 years yeah <laughs> yeah don't like I've done this for 11 years now I'm like when am I going to get to sleep when can I have my power out no again it ebbs and flows doesn't it and that's again it's just life life isn't one trajectory forward um so I think that that's yeah I, and also like if sleep is an issue I, I bloody love naps I love a nap if I can nap at the weekend I will have a nap. And again, it's like, I think that takes the pressure off that night sleep as well is another way to go. Well, I can get some, I can get 45 minutes in on a quiet Saturday afternoon when everyone's watching a film. Great. That kind of makes you feel a bit calmer about stuff. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I love that. And I've also been there where it's like, mummy, are you watching? And you're like, yes. And your yeah, eyes yeah. are closed. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm watching Star Wars for the seventh time with my yeah. eyes closed. Yeah. <laughs> well, Steph, I've absolutely loved talking to you. I'm sure the listeners have enjoyed it as well. And if they have enjoyed hearing from you, then tell us one more quick question. You have a podcast. It's a new podcast. So what are you talking about on the show? And why should people tune in? Yeah, so it's the Don't Buy Her Flowers podcast. So it kind of is almost a throwback to the blog, really. So it's talking about all those things, of it, which could be like the juggle and the overwhelm I think lots of people feel. And I suppose it links to that idea of having it all as well. So we've had some awesome guests already and I've got loads of great ones coming up. I've got Annie Mack at some point and uh, Ellie Taylor, who's in Ted Lasso, just so it's it's good. It, um, I think we're going to do a motherhood series and then at some point I'm going to do a business 
series. So it's really new. So I'm figuring it all out, but really enjoying it. I think because it is like the blog, it's being able to put out your thoughts and hear from other people. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, brilliant. Well, it sounds great. And as I said, if you've enjoyed hearing Steph on the show today, then definitely check out her new podcast. Thank you so much, Steph, for joining us. And as always, thank you everyone for tuning in and for listening. And I'll be back next week. See ya. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 